Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. My name is Spencer. Today is, what is it, June 20th, 7.03 a.m. I'm in my work office. You're going to hear similar times and locations probably for a long time when I do that, when I say where I am, what I'm doing, where, I mean, what time is it? It's uh, it's going to be pretty common. All right, we, we got to get into these words. Uh, I'm skipping the previous episode in the very, very tiny hopes that I could maybe get a guest. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. All right. The first word in this episode is the second form of the word eat, E-A-T. Noun from before the 12th century. Uh, it's, it's a noun. It's a noun. Have you ever heard of a noun being called an eat? It's just something to eat. Something to eat is eat. <laughs> the synonym is food. This is usually used in plural, so we would say eats. Oh, I gotta go get me some eats. I'm, uh, it's, it's food. It's eating time. I want some eats in my face. This is from the Middle English et, E-T. Maybe they said eat. From the Old English, A-E-T which also might have been pronounced eat or ate. It is akin to the Old High German as or as, which means food. It's a derivative from the root of the first form of the word eat. So that's what it means, eat. And then it looks like we had some uh, different etymology for the verb form of the word eat in the previous episode. I want some eats. I love to eat. Give me some eats so I can eat it. Baby, eat it. Get yourself an egg and beat it. All right, I got to do a sound effect, so we're just going to make a chomping and eating sound. The next word is the first form of eatable. Adjective from the 14th century. This is fit or able to be eaten. I hope those eats are eatable because I'm going to eat them. The second form of eatable is a noun from 1672, one, something to eat, which is literally the exact same definition as the word eat. So eats are eatable. And number two is plural, so eatables, uh, and the synonym is food. Food, 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 glorious food. Eatables, eatables and eats, so many ways to say things that can be eaten. They are eatable, so they are eatables. Ooh, and I'm getting hungry, so I need some eats soon. Eatery, noun from 1901. The synonyms are luncheonette, which is a fun word to spell. L-U-N-C-H. Is that, did I spell it right? L-U-N-C-H, lunch. And then we got the letters E-O-N-E-T-T-E, luncheonette. And the other synonym is restaurant. Just a place to eat some eatables at an eatery. Uh, The next word is eth, E-A-T-H. This one is an adverb or adjective from before the 12th century. It is Scottish, and the synonym is easy. Easy. So uh, if something is easy, they say it's eth, right? Yeah. Uh, The etymology, it is from Old High German odi, 
which means easy. And then, of course, it went to Old English and Middle English, and then Scottish English. Scottish English. Eth. Uh, yes, the previous episode had the word easy. There's a lot of definitions, a, a big old chunk of synonym information. I haven't read any of it yet, so we'll see what that says. Uh, I'll see what it says later. You will see what it says before, and, and you won't see anything. You'll just hear it. Uh, okay, the next word. Eating. I'm eating, eats at an eatery. This is an adjective from the 15th century. One, used for eating, as in eating utensils. Eating, this is, it's describing things related to eating. I like my eating utensils. My fingers are my natural eating utensils. Can I call my mouth an eating utensil? It's used to eat food. But it's, where, where's the line? Where do we draw the line? Number two, uh, suitable to eat, as in the finest eating fish. It's, it's, it can be eaten. It's an eating fish. I don't eat the fish. Uh, but then also it says suitable to eat raw, as in an eating apple, opposed to an apple that is not an eating what what kind of apple a not you can't what suitable to eat raw so apples you can eat raw i was actually just thinking this morning about how we don't usually when we buy apples at the store we don't usually um we don't usually wait until they're ripe I, i'm sure they they do ripen when you take them home but um, you can you can eat them right away. You know the avocados that I get at the store. You 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 gotta wait for those to ripen up a bit. Uh, depending on the bananas you get, you might have to wait for those to ripen up too. Uh, apples, they're they're eating apples because you can eat them raw. You don't need eating utensils for them. Oh, oh. eating disorder. Two words, noun from 1984. This is a very, very big topic, and I will definitely put a link in the show notes uh, for eating disorder. So, it is any of several psychological disorders, as anorexia nervosa or bulimia, characterized by serious disturbances of eating behavior. So, both of those uh, specific kinds, anorexia nervosa and bulimia, those start with A and B, and so I've already discussed those, so I don't need to spend a lot of time on this. This is just the general idea of an eating disorder, it, and it's, you know, this is the overarching uh, topic of this. So, you know, you're either going to eat a lot, uh, maybe eat a lot and throw up, maybe eat, not eat a lot, and I'm sure there's like tons and tons of probably sub-versions of you know, all, all these different types of uh, psychological disorders, but you know, those are the big ones. Not eat a lot, so you can be very skinny, or eat a lot and then throw up, so you can also stay skinny. It's it's all about having a um, maybe not the most healthy relationship with food. Um, and you know, I think I think a lot of people they might not be uh, clinically um, uh, diagnosed 
with an eating disorder, but I think a lot of people probably have something. I think, especially these days, we all have sort of weird relationships with food, and uh, it takes some work. It takes some work to to get past that. Um, I love food, and I have to sometimes stop myself from eating food. But sometimes, if I'm at a get-together, just like uh, a couple days ago, it was Father's Day, and I was with my family, and there was a lot of good food there, and it's really hard to stop eating. It is. So I wouldn't say that I have an eating disorder, um, but you know, sometimes certain situations, I just go a little overboard, and uh, I, I don't I don't throw up or anything like that, but I definitely don't feel good, and so uh, I have to make sure that I, I start eating better over the like next week, and I am currently in that situation. But, you know, I also have donuts that I don't want to go to waste, so I'm going to be eating donuts, but I'm trying to work out more. So, you know, yeah, it's um, it's a hard thing for everybody, I think. All right, enough about that. That was the end of the EAT section. No more eat words. We are now moving to EAU, and then we got some other ones, too, coming up. Okay, the next word is eau de cologne. This is three words. Word one, E-A-U. Word two, D-E. Word three, C-O-L-O-G-N-E. Eau de Cologne. Noun from 1802, the plural would be Eaux de Cologne. E-A-U-X. Eaux de Cologne. Um, So the synonym is just cologne, C-O-L-O-G-N-E, which, I mean, that's just the stuff that you put on your body to make you smell nice, right? Is there another spelling of cologne that I am not familiar with? Uh, Let's just do a quick look back just to confirm. I mean, I think it's got to be, it's got to be this nice smelling stuff, I think. Wow, we really got to go far back to get to C-O-L. Here we go, C-O-L. L-O. And how do we spell this word again? G-N-E. Oh, we got to go back another page, it looks like. Uh, let's see. C-O-L-O-G-N-E. C-O-L-O-G-N-E. Um, it's right here. Yes, yes. A perfumed liquid or a cream or a paste. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, and so the etymology, why is this called cologne or eau de cologne? It is, oh, it literally means cologne water, and it is from Cologne, Germany. But the phrase is French, eau de cologne, but it's from, cologne is from Germany. So maybe did the water in Cologne, Germany smell so nice that people just started putting it on them, on them's bodies? Uh, this that's so interesting. I think we need to put a link in the show notes for the uh, the the invention of cologne and all this stuff. That sounds great. Chomp chomp. The next word is eau de parfum. Oh, this is a fun fun word. Fun way to say this. Parfum. Now it sounds like uh, it's it ends in an f a n. Eau de parfum. Uh, that's sort of how the etymo- the uh, the pronunciation is spelled, but it is spelled, uh, that third word is P-A-R-F-U-M. Eau de par- I would want to say eau de-, eau de parfum, but it's eau de parfum. Uh, this is a noun from 1949, 
we have a couple couple ways to do the plural. Again, we say os de parfum or o de parfums. We added an s at the end. Uh, but there's another one where you combine them together. Os de parfums. Okay, this is a perfumed liquid containing a percentage of fragrant oils that is lower than that in perfume, but greater than that in eau de toilette. And we're going to talk about that in the next word. But how does it compare to eau de cologne? That is what I want to know. Uh, yes, this is a French phrase, and it literally means perfume water. Perfume water. Uh, but there's not as much fragrancy stuff in than in perfume, but more than in this next word. Eau de toilette. <laughs> and yes, of course, we we Americans uh, we we think this is a funny phrase, funny word. Why why is toilet in there? What is it? What is it? Um, okay, uh, looking at the uh, the pluralizations, it's the same stuff. Os de toilette or os de toilettes, or o de toilettes. Okay, it is a noun from 1907, and it is a perfumed liquid containing a lower percentage of fragrant oils than is contained in ordinary perfume or eau de parfum. It's also called toilet water. Oh, my God. Do we really call it that? Um... Okay, so the level of uh, uh, fragrant oils in a liquid from lowest to highest is uh, eau de toilette, and then eau de parfum, and then uh, just perfume. And eau de cologne is not in this mixture whatsoever. Uh, The French phrase means water for washing and dressing. So I guess... um, so can you use this to literally wash yourself? Or maybe when you're getting dressed, you're like, mm, I smell better because I took a shower and I washed myself, but it's still not as good as I would like. So I'm going to put a little toilet water on myself, and then I'm going to smell okay. I don't want to smell super fragrant, just a little fragrant. Those are some fun French phrases. Next is eau de vie. Eau de vie. Three words with hyphens. E-A-U hyphen D-E hyphen V-I-E. Noun from 1683. The plural is eau de vie. And this is, it's nothing to do with perfumes. It is a clear brandy distilled from the fermented juice of fruit like pears or raspberries. And this sounds really tasty. I want some eau de vie. French phrase literally means water of life. Mm, uh, It's a translation of the Middle Latin phrase aqua vitae. Vitae, I think that's how we say it. Uh, And so uh, I guess the idea is that people thought or think, maybe still think, that liquor will give you life. And it's water, but it's not water. It's not water at all. It's just the liquid that gives you life. Oh, de vie. Hmm. I wonder how it became very specifically this one type of brandy. Uh, I guess maybe they got to the name first, this, these brandy makers. And so nobody else is allowed to call their liquors 
uh, Eau de Vie. None of the other ones will bring you life. Just this clear brandy. Sounds tasty. I want some. Okay, we are in the EAV section with the first word of them, which is Eve. E-A-V-E. Noun from before the 12th century, number one, the lower border of a roof that overhangs the wall. And this is usually used in plural. Eaves. Uh, Do you like to say roof or roof or something else? So this is just the part of the roof that hangs over the wall, uh, and it's called the eaves. It's where the gutter is. The gutter is hanging out on the eaves. Number two, a projecting edge as of a hill. This is also used, uh, usually used in plural. So what? A hill has an edge that projects over something? I don't know. That's the whole idea. It's something that projects over something else. Uh, The etymology might help. This is from the Middle English, eaves, E-V-E-S. It says it's singular, or maybe the singular version of that is where eve comes from. From Old English, ifs, with an F, akin to the Old High German obasa, which means portico. Also from the Old English, up, which means up, and there's more at the word up. So the eaves are up there, projecting over the wall. Over our head is the eaves. Eavesdrop is next. One word, eavesdrop. This is an intransitive verb from 1606. To listen secretly to what is said in private. And eavesdropper is a noun. Ooh, it's so fun to be an eavesdropper at a restaurant. You, you, um... You got to be careful what you say when you're in a restaurant because you are not at all in a private place. Everybody can hear what you say. I remember being at a restaurant and there was a an older couple in the booth next to us that was, they were having a super serious conversation. I feel like they were on the verge of a divorce or something. It's like, why are you having this conversation in a restaurant? But ooh, we love the gossip. We love to hear what people got to say. Um, Okay, it's probably a back formation from the word eavesdropper, which literally means one standing under the drip from the eaves. Hmm, this this is an interesting etymology. So if you're, I guess, I guess it's like you're standing outside under the eaves, the gutter is dripping on your head, but it's the best place that you can stand to listen through the open window of people having a private conversation. You are being a super creeper in this situation. It's literally the dre- the eaves are dropping their drips on you while you are listening to secret conversations. So you are an eavesdropper, and then the act of doing this is eavesdrop. Hmm. I never thought about the etymology for that one. That's good. That's good. How? How? Eve's trough. Yes, Eve's trough. Two words. Noun from 1851. The synonym is the 1A definition for the word gutter. So, assuming your roof has gutters on it, you can also call them Eve's troughs because they are the troughs that. Uh, carry the water 
and get filled with leaves, and they're at the end of the eaves. Oh, the leaves and the eaves. Eaves trough. Home, home. Here is the beginning of the E-B section, which is only going to go a a bit into the next episode. Uh, So here we go with E-B, all caps, abbreviation for eastbound. Let's go eastbound. Uh, That was, we had, we had eastbound. Just, yes, we did. It's just traveling or heading east. How, how. Here is the first E-B-B word, ebb, first form, noun from before the 12th century. One, the reflux of the tide toward the sea. So you talk about like ebbs and flows. So wait, wait which is which? The, ref- the reflux of the tide toward the sea. So wait, is it going toward the sea or is it coming back after it went toward the sea. Ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows. I don't know which it is, but it seems like it should be the when it's cut the tide's coming back. It's ebbing. I don't know. Maybe some of these other definitions will help. Two. A point or condition of decline. Ah, there we go. It is receding away. As in, our spirits were at a low ebb. Down down in the dumps. Good things are going lower and lower. It's a decline. This is from, uh, let's see, Middle Dutch ebb with an E at the end, which means ebb from Old English. What's well, the Old English word of? O-F. They might have said off. And that means from. And there's more at the word of. So, but uh, from, from, things are coming from a thing, but it's going to a thing. The ebbing is going away, not from. Hmm. That is a little bit odd. How, how. The second form of ebb, this is the intransitive verb from also before the 12th century. One, to recede from the flood. The flood as the water just goes away, goes into the sewer, seeps into the dirt, feeds the plants. It is it is receding away. It is ebbing. Two, to fall from a higher to a lower level or from a better to a worse state, as in his popularity ebbed. I think a lot of uh, f- famous people, uh, famous in, in whatever whatever way they're famous, uh, I think their popularity tends to ebb and flow. And sometimes it goes up, and sometimes it goes down. And when it is going down, it is ebbing. Uh, there's a synonym. It's the word abate. E- no, A-B-A-T-E. Abate. Also similar idea of, of going away, declining. Calm, calm. Ebb tide, two words, noun from 1782. One, the tide while ebbing or at ebb. So the tide, it comes and goes. It comes in and everything, there's a whole bunch of water and then the boats go up and the animals get all uh, very happy. And then at another part of the day, it the tide goes away and it is an ebb tide. That's the time of the tide when it's ebbing. Two, a period or state of decline. How, how? 
All right, EBC, all caps, abbreviation for Educational Broadcasting Corporation. I don't think I've ever heard of this EBC, the Educational Broadcasting Corporation. It seems like it would be uh, like Sesame Street would be a part of this, but they've got their they have the Children's Television Network, and I think that they're part of something else. Uh, but yeah, Educational Broadcasting System, uh, Corporation. I don't know about that one. Uh, this one, this is, we got six letters. E-B-C-D-I-K, but you do pronounce it Ebsidic. <laughs> you can you can pronounce it Ebsidic or Epsidic. I don't know how the, the P sound got in there because there's no P in all those letters. Uh, so Ebsidic seems like the more the more correct way to say this. Ebsidic. Uh, this is a noun from circa 1966, and it is a code for representing alphanumeric information as on magnetic tape. And of course, yes, it does stand for a thing. So this is, you know, when, when computers were first getting started, they needed a, a programming language to, to you know, represent the, the numbers and letters and things. And I don't know how it works, but it stands for Extended Binary Coded Decimal Interchange Code. Uh, so E extended, B binary, C coded, D decimal, I interchange, and C code, ebsidic, or maybe some people like to say epsidic for some weird reason. It's a lot easier to say that than E-B-C-D-I-C. We got one more word for this episode. It is E-B-I-T-D-A, all caps. And there, there's no pronunciation of it. Although, you could say, uh, how would you want to say this? A bitta? A bitta. The T and the D make it real hard. Ebitta. I don't know. You can also spell it with uh, just the first letter being capitalized. E-B-I-T-D-A. Uh, it is an abbreviation for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Amortization. Earnings before, so E, earnings. Uh, B before, I, interest. T, taxes. D, depreciation. And A, amortization. Uh, they, they use this in uh, banks and money and taxes and stuff like that, I guess. I have no, no connection with that whatsoever. All right, that was the end of the words, so it is time to reread the words and pick a word of the episode. We had eat, eatable, eatable, eatery, eth, eating, eating disorder, eau de cologne, eau de parfum, eau de toilette, eau de vie, eve, eavesdrop, eaves trough, eb, 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 eb tide, ebc, Ebsidic and E-B-I-T-D-A, or Ebidda. Uh, let's see. I, I think I want to pick eavesdrop as the word of the episode because uh, not that I'm going to be going out and standing in somebody's house, outside of somebody's house while the the uh, the eaves trough drips on me and w- by, by an open window so I can hear people's private conversations, but 
If I'm in a public place and somebody is having an interesting conversation, I am absolutely going to be listening to that. Sometimes when Sharon and I are at a restaurant and I see that she sort of zones out, I'm like, oh, she's totally listening to the people around us. I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, you got to be careful with what you say when you're in public places. Eavesdrop, eavesdrop. Uh, let's see. I love to eavesdrop. I don't make it a habit. Eavesdrop is fun. Don't get a knife and stab it. I was trying to make a rhyme. It seemed like it should have a rhyme. And that was the first thing I could think of. Uh, eavesdropping. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. It is word of the... Uh, no, it's uh, it's movie time. I gotta say another word I watched. Um, did I mention... Did I mention Labyrinth? I feel like I did, but I don't remember anything from weeks ago. Labyrinth, I totally talked about this. We saw we saw it with the uh, the Goblin King players. That was fantastic. So I probably talked about Quantumania twice. Uh, so now I will talk about The Wiz briefly. Uh, I was on my uh, my work trip in Europe. I was I had free time one night and I had been thinking about The Wiz and something reminded me of it. So I was like, I'm going to watch The Wiz tonight on Amazon. I was going to watch something else, but because I was in Europe, I couldn't watch it. Uh, the Wiz, The Wiz. Oh, it's so good. It's creepy. It's it's the great music, great sets, great like makeup, wardrobe, costumes, masks. Oh man, Stan Winston I think did did the stuff. Oh boy, I have so many things to say about it. The lyrics, the lyrics to the songs were so much more like deep and personal than I had remembered or had ever paid attention to. I think I saw this movie two or three times when I was a kid. Uh, so I had positive memories of it. I, you know, like snippets. Uh, and then when I was a senior in high school, we put the show on as a musical that year. And I was in the orchestra. I played the baritone sax. And uh, oh, we we had some we had some fantastic performers putting on that show. And uh, yeah, it's just a real good fun show uh, that I don't think a lot of people have have seen. Oh, I remember. I was listening to uh, films to be buried with, and somebody uh, said that that was maybe like the movie that they had seen the most or something. And I was like, "Yes, I've been wanting to rewatch this movie," so I rewatched it, and it's it's so good and fun. And uh, yeah, I have a lot a lot of things to say, but I'm not gonna do that now. What I'm gonna do now is end this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.